1 Corinthians chapter 1. Uh, the storm is sometimes hard to figure out, but thank God uh, we'll get through it by His help. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, look with me in verse 23. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 23. Uh, the Bible says, But we preach Christ crucified uh, under the Jews a stumbling block and under the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God the wis- and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Now take your Bible and go to the book of Proverbs chapter 30. Uh, Proverbs chapter 30. And we're going to try to make sense of this. Look in verse 24. Proverbs 30 and verse 24. And the Bible says, There be four things which are little upon the earth, but they are exceeding wise. The ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their meat in the summer. The conies are but a feeble folk, yet make they their houses in the rocks. The locusts have no king, yet go they forth, all of them by bands. The spider taketh hold with her hands, and, in, and is in king's palaces. And be seated this morning. Lord, we love you and we thank you for helping us so far today. Thank you for the good choir singing. Uh, Lord, as it's stirred in hearts and stirred in mind, I do appreciate you doing that today. Uh, But Lord, it's preaching hour and it's preaching time and I really believe this would be the message for the hour and the time. And I pray that, Lord, that it would go out and not only ring in folks' ears but in their hearts and it would do a work that I cannot do. And Lord, I ask you to do a work in my life that I cannot do myself. And Lord, just help us this morning. I pray you'd touch us and anoint us afresh. I pray you'd save somebody that's lost and give those encouragement that needs encouragement and help those that might be in the storm today. Now Lord, we may be a little weather worn when it's over with, but we will get through with your help. And we thank you for that today. Bless this message and help us save the, the sinner that's nearest hell. For this in Jesus' name, amen and amen. So we go back to the book of 1 Corinthians and uh, look at what the Apostle Paul was talking about as he first uh, talked about how that we preach Christ crucified. Uh, thank God for the cross, amen. We preached on that not too long ago. Uh, the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ, that's how men and women uh, boys and girls get saved uh, is that by the gospel message, the death, the burial, and the resurrection uh, of the Lord Jesus. And notice he said right here that to the Jews it was a stumbling block uh, and under the Greeks foolishness. 
And uh, the world, they, you know, the religious just could not understand it. The world could not understand it. Uh, it was foolishness unto them. He was a stumbling block uh, because Christ Jesus came in that to uh, complete the law, to finish the law, not to do away with the law, uh, but to finish it. And that's all the Jews had to hold on to. Uh, and that was Moses. I mean, for the law came by Moses, uh, uh, but grace and truth came by Christ Jesus. And boy, we thank God for that today. I'm no longer uh, uh, under the law. Thank God, but I've been made free. Got to hearing uh, 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 Brother Roloff preach on that the other day uh, on Dr. Law and Dr. Grace going home Wednesday night. Uh, I got to hearing him preach on that. Uh, and you know, it was the law that told us we had a problem. Uh, it was the law that told us that we were sinners, uh, uh, but it was God's grace that could fix us. Amen. Uh, every one of us ought to shout right there for just a little bit. Uh, uh, but then he went on to this and he talked about the power of God to us uh, which believe it is in that foolishness of preaching. Uh, uh, we understand that and in the foolishness of the cross uh, that the world looks at, they uh, think that boy, we're just crazy in believing that a man went to Calvary and could die for sins. Uh, uh, Kelly got to reading or watching after somebody that day. He was a Jew and he just could not understand that uh, how that we would believe that somebody that we could believe that somebody could die for sins. But ain't you glad today that He made Him to be sin for us uh, and you know sin that we might be made to righteousness uh, of God in Him. If that ain't true, uh, then let me believe it anyway, uh, uh, friend, because we're going to be messed up in the end uh, as it is, but just let me believe it uh, uh, anyway. It ain't a hurting a thing uh, uh, for me to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ today. As a matter of fact, I know it's real because He's real uh, in my heart. Amen. But I want you to look at some things that he said as he uh, talks about the wisdom of God and uh, the foolishness of the world right here. Uh, he talks about how that you see your calling, brethren. He says how that many, not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen what? The foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised uh, hath God chosen, uh, uh, yea, and bring things uh, uh, which are not, uh, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught uh, things that are. And help us now, uh, that no flesh uh, should glory in his presence. Uh, and he does all this so that uh, he uses base things and little things and small things and despised things uh, and things that hold uh, uh, not a lot of nobleness or not a lot of mightiness in the world. He does all these things uh, and uses people like that and things like that and places like that so that he uh, might get glory out of it. And I know I preached not too long ago uh, uh, on letting God use what you have. And I preached uh, uh, out of the book of John over there uh, when I talked about that little lad that brought those five fishes or five hoes uh, and two fishes and preached about uh, uh, letting God uh, use what you have no little, no matter how little or big uh, uh, you think it is. Uh, and this morning I, I want to preach uh, uh, simply on some little and base things. Uh, when we went, you know, that word base means uh, uh, those that are of a low station or in a low place. You know, the base of something uh, is at the lowest point, ain't it? 
Amen, right? I mean, the base of this pulpit right here uh, is at the bottom. Uh, and something that is little, is small in size, or not great or large, or it's uh, short, you know, I've been short all my life. I remember uh, when uh, when the church called me down here to pastor, I, I remember Brother Bud that sat back there in the back. I, I, I think he told Brother Jeff, I, uh, he said, you better get that sawed-off preacher uh, down here. That's what he called me. And so when I come back down here, he said, and me and Brother Bud look at each other eyeball to eyeball. And he said, Preacher, you're not as short as I remember you being. And I thought, that's good. Amen. That's great. Uh, uh, but he called me that little song on preacher. Uh, uh, and I took it very well. I, uh, but listen, the Bible talks about some little things uh, and base things that he likes to use. Uh, can, let me say, when you go over there and you look in the book of Proverbs, that uh, we talked about the ants and the conies uh, uh, and the locusts and, uh, and the spiders. Every one of them are little things. Uh, but yet, they're able to do what they need to do. You know, it talks about the ants. Uh, uh, all the work that they're able to accomplish, no matter how little they are, they got the work done. They didn't have to be pressured into it. It was built into them to do the work. You know, there's nobody standing out over the ants at your house. And I'll guarantee you they some somewhere. There's nobody slave driving them ants. It's just built into them to do that. You ought to be building to us no matter how little that we are. Friend, that we ought to be able to go out and serve God and work for God today. When you look at those conies over there, it said that they're a feeble folk. But yet they make their house in a rock. And as Brother Jeff talked about in Sunday school, that's a cross between a, a jackrabbit and what was it a groundhog or something I, I mean we looked at some pictures of them I, I, and, and, but they built their house in the rock and so they knew they were safe they could not defend themselves, but yet they were safe in the rock you know if you're uh, saved today you're safe in the Lord Jesus Christ today and talk about the locusts, how they have no king. There's uh, nobody in that, if you would say, uh, driving them and making their way. But yet they go in bands and they work together. And that spider uh, could get into king's palaces. They get into your house, don't they? Uh, we were sitting in the house here a while back. And uh, I, I was sitting in the, uh, my recliner. And Kelly was laying on the couch, which is to my right. And uh, there's an end table kind of between us and a walk path. And I, I happened to see out of the corner of mine. I'm at that age now. I got floaters in all my, in both eyes. And, and sometimes, do you ever see things that ain't there? I do. I mean, I look and sometimes I think there's a bug on the floor or a bug on the wall. And when I turn to look, there's nothing there. And so I seen something crawl around. I'll get started in a minute. I seen something crawl around out of the side under that end table. And I didn't think much of it because I figured it was just going to be a floater. But when I turned my head and looked down there, there was a wolf spider down there. Legs and all. It's about that big around. It was, it was scary looking. And I'm sitting there barefooted, you know. And I told Kelly, she's laying on the couch. I said, we've got a problem. And I, I said, you need to get off the couch and go that way and come around. And uh, when she come around, uh, yeah, we had a problem. I had a bigger problem with her than I had with that spider. And uh, so needless to say, that spider didn't like a shoe uh, and it left. Amen. Uh, but it got in to the house. It's amazing what something little is able to do sometimes, ain't it? Now think about that for just a second. It's amazing what you can do when you're little. You can get in places that you didn't even think. That you can get into. And you know God can use people that are little. I think sometimes we get in our mind uh, that that God cannot use us. And God cannot use uh, what we have unless we're doing a great work. uh, uh, Unless we've got a great ministry. uh, Unless we've got a great big church. And listen I ain't against none of those things. But that ain't what I'm preaching on this morning. 
Folk go to a big church, as long as it's got God in it, man, go on and serve Him. Amen. If you've got a great big work and a great big ministry, that's great. I, I don't lose sight of how you got there. The Bible said, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up. I love for folk to be in great big work, but yet still have a, 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 a humility about them. I get worried about folk that God has blessed them and then they raise themselves up. I, I really greater it's what they've done and not what God has done. But three things I want to look at that God likes to use. Uh, he likes to use little things and base things and despise things uh, that the world just don't understand. Uh, number one, first of all, the people that God uses. It's amazing who God can use today, ain't it? You realize you go back and add into the New Testament when Christ was born, uh, uh, who did He use to tell the message uh, uh, that the Son of God had come into the world? Well, He didn't go down to the king's house. He didn't go see the Pharisees. Uh, he didn't go to the rulers. He went to some lowly shepherds uh, that was over there on the side of a hill keeping watch over their flock. Take your Bible and go to the book of Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Now stay with me today. I hope this makes sense to you. I don't know how much we'll shout, but I want you to understand something. Uh, uh, we, we get in our mind that God can't use us because we're just little. We perceive ourselves and that to be little. Luke chapter 2, uh, look in verse 8. Uh, Luke chapter 2 and verse 8, Christ has been born in the world and there were in the uh, same country shepherds abiding in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Thank God. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were going away from, the, uh, from them into the heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see these things which has come to pass which the Lord has made known unto us. God made it known unto them. Them lowly shepherds out on the side of a hill, uh, uh, he rode back heaven, uh, revealed himself to them, uh, and said the Savior of the world is born uh, in the country where you are now. And they came with haste. They didn't let up, did they? They came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, now watch what your Bible says, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen. And it was told as it was told unto them. You've got some shepherds out here, listen, all they know uh, uh, is heaven rolled back. Uh, uh, the angel was revealed unto them, told them the message that the Savior of the world's born. Uh, uh, you need to go into Bethlehem, you'll find him there. Uh, they went and found him. Uh, and then you know what they went and done? They went and told everybody that they run into. Did everybody get saved? Did everybody believe? I'd say not. 
But I would say that there was some I, I that began to ponder on that thing, begin to consider I, about what them shepherds, I, I just told them, I, I, it might be different if it was one man coming in. I, I, you might say he was crazy. I, I, but listen, we've got a whole bunch of folk coming through. I, I tell them the same story that's been told. They went and saw what they'd been told. And then they went and told what they saw. You know, it's one thing to tell people this book, and you need to tell them what this book says. You need to tell them, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You need to tell that. You need to tell that old story. You need to tell the story of Jesus at Calvary. But I'm going to tell you something tonight. One of the greatest things you can ever tell people is what he, how He saved you. What He done for you. When you're witnessing the people, you can give them the story and you need to give them the story, uh, but you need to tell them how He came to you and knocked on your heart uh, and that He saved you because they know you. And so, God used them shepherds to announce His birth. You ever think about who God used to come into this world? That God Himself stepped out of heaven and chose Mary. Now, I'm not going to put her up on a pedestal like the Roman Catholic Church does, but I want you to hear me this morning. She must have loved God. I don't think God was going to choose her. She'd kept herself uh, separated from man. She was, uh, listen, she was still in her virtue. Uh, uh, listen, and He chose her to come into this world. Ain't that something this morning? He wasn't born into a king's house. He didn't come into a king's palace. As a matter of fact, he was born in a stable and laid in a manger. And you know, you'd say that ain't a place for a king to be born. No, it wasn't, but it sure was a good place for a lamb to be born, wasn't it? Amen. He didn't come to be king when he came the first time. He came to be the Lamb that was slain. What was it that John said? In John chapter 1, Behold the Lamb of God, which take away the sin of the world. Hey, he knew why he came when he came. But he chose that little virgin girl over there to carry him into this world. He chose a poor family to come into this world. How do you know that? The Bible said in Leviticus chapter 12, when he's talking about when you go to offer the sacrifice, and that for having a child. Who shall offer it before the Lord and make an atonement for her? And, and she shall be cleansed from the issue of her blood. This is the law for her that born a male or a female. And if she be not able to bring a lamb, then she shall bring two turtles or two young pigeons. Talking about turtle doves. Uh, or two young pigeons. And the one for the burnt offering and the other for a sin offering. And the priest shall make an atonement for her and she shall be clean. Luke chapter 2. Uh, uh, on the eighth day when they name him Jesus. Uh, and they go over there and that to the temple. Uh, and the Bible said in Luke chapter 2 and verse 24. Uh, uh, you can see a little later. And the offer. Uh, uh, and the, uh, well, Let me back up in verse 23. Uh, uh, and, and it, well, verse 22. Uh, and when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished. Uh, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. They didn't offer a lamb. Why didn't they offer a lamb? You ever think about that? I mean, I'm just, I'm just asking the question. Maybe they could get a lamb. Maybe they couldn't get a lamb. I don't know. But I know they were buying and selling right there at the temple. I would say there was a lamb probably there to offer. 
Remember when Jesus went in, what did he do? He had to cleanse the temple when he started his ministry and when he finished his ministry. I'll guarantee you there was a lamb there that they could have offered, but they offered two turtle doves. I would say it was because they couldn't afford it. Now you can believe what you want to right there, but I do know this, that later on in his ministry, uh, when, when he said, uh, what was it? He said, foxes have holes and the birds of the air have their nests, but the Son of Man have not where to lay his head. I believe he was born into a poor family. It's amazing who God uses. It's amazing the people that God is able to put in places. And uh, You ever think about who He chose how to be His disciples? You ever think about, and I call them a ragtag group. Uh, uh, you ever think He chose fishermen and tax collectors, uh, uh, people that the world really didn't think much of? Uh, that's who He chose uh, to be His disciples uh, and make preachers out of them uh, and send them into the world. He didn't go to the Pharisees. He didn't go to the Sadducees or the rulers of the world. <clears throat> he goes walking out through there. Matthew's sitting at the receipt of custom over there. Uh, and he says, follow me. Uh, and Matthew just gets out and follows him. Peter knew what he was up against uh, when he went out in that ship. And he seen what he was able to do. Uh, and Peter says, get away from me uh, uh, for I'm a sinful man. <laughs> Well, Peter didn't want to be around him to start with because he knew what he was. God just uses plain people. Some people think that God can't use them unless they got a big job, making big money, big cars, and I'm getting ahead of myself, and a big ministry. I read a letter, I meant to bring it today, and I'll try to get it here tonight from Brother Lou McKinney. You know, Brother Lou, Brother Lou, he was our missionary to Ecuador till COVID uh, set in. Then he come back up here. Uh, he he uh, tried to start a church. And, and I said, not tried. He did start a church down in Calhoun, Tennessee uh, for Spanish-speaking people. And he said, come to find out there ain't no Spanish-speaking people down there. And uh, so uh, when that thing showed up and got done, uh, uh, and all that, God uh, let him start a, a, a mission work, let him start a church down in Dayton, Tennessee, dealing with Guatemalans and Spanish-speaking people down there. Uh, he's got a ministry started in Calhoun, Georgia, uh, for Spanish-speaking people down there. Uh, and then in all that, he's also, now he's in his 70s, uh, but that church in Dayton that allowed him to start one down there out of their facility, uh, they also lost their pastor. So uh, he's now doing interim work for them. You so say, what's that got to do anything? He was writing about not only that, but he, he talked about the, that had some car trouble. And uh, he talked about having them fixed and they got them fixed and got them both back on the road. They both tore up at the same time. Boy, it's, it's one thing to have one car tore up but to have both of them. Boy, that's a mess, ain't it? And he said, my wife drives a 2002 Ford Focus and I drive a 1996 Chevrolet pickup truck. And God is using him greatly. He ain't got a great big ministry but he's doing more than what some people are doing. He don't have fine automobiles, and I'd say they're great automobiles to get you from point A to point B, but I wake in and you say, I ain't making fun of him. I mean, I drive a 2004 Ford F-150 that's rusted out on top, and I still just keep putting it back together. I'm just telling you that God uses people that men you wouldn't think that He would use. And that may be you. 
I still struggle. I, I remember laying in the bed a couple of years ago at, of the night time and, 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 I, and I got to ask him, God, and this is something I shouldn't have done. I got to ask him, God, why he chose me to preach. That was a mistake. That was a bad mistake. Because now your mind starts down a rabbit hole. I am I, wondering about some things and wondering how, how God works and, and all those things. Amos chapter 7. Amos is talking to the king. And then answered Amos and said to Amaziah, I was no prophet, neither was I a prophet's son, but I was a herdman and a gatherer of sycamore fruit. And the Lord took me as I followed the flock. And the Lord said unto me, Go prophesy unto my people Israel. God chooses who He wants to choose. He just chose Amos. Amos was a herdman. You know what he was? He was a shepherd. He said, as I followed the flock, as I was a sycamore fruit gatherer, uh, he said, this is what, he said, I wasn't a preacher and I wasn't the son of a preacher. And God chose me. Where did, where did, when, when Samuel went down there to anoint David, king over Israel, where was he? Well, he was out in the field tending the sheep, wasn't he? Who did God send Elijah to to take care of him? I'm talking about how God uses base things and little things to get his work done. Because you know what we all do? We say, well, I I can't do a whole lot. I ain't got a whole lot to do anything with. Ain't that how you feel sometimes? Them shepherds didn't have a whole lot to do, but boy, they sure did tell the story, didn't they? That widow woman didn't have a whole lot to do, didn't have a whole lot to do with, but you know what she done? She just obeyed God and used what she had. You know what God done? He blessed it. Think about that. God likes to use little things uh, uh, and low things. He used David to kill Goliath. He used Gideon and 300 men to fight the, uh, the, the enemy and win. Uh, uh, he took the apostle Paul, which by the time it was all said and done, which was despised uh, uh, and reputed of all men by the time it was all said and done. And he used him to bring the gospel uh, to a whole nation of people called the Gentiles. God loves to use low things and little things. He loves low people and little people, and that's a good thing because there sure ain't nothing great about me. You know what he said over here? He said, How that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, the base things of the world, and the things which are despised. Hath God chosen yea and things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. I know I told you this story a long time ago, but I had a buddy of mine that was, uh, he was picking up a hitchhiker on the side of the road. And uh, you do that at your own risk. But this has probably been 15, 20, 25 years ago. He picked him up and his intentions was, he said, when I was going to pick him up, I was going to witness to him and tell him about the Lord. And he said, that boy got in my truck and told me more about the Lord than I could tell him. You'd be amazed sometimes. You'd be amazed. Brother, uh, Brother Earl Hughes uh, used to talk about hoboing trains to go preach. Think about that for just a second. He would hobo trains, jump trains down there in McCaysville, Georgia, 
uh, coming out of Copper Hill, Tennessee, would jump trains down there out of hauling where he needed to go preach at. We wouldn't think much of that today, would we? The Lord uses little people, low things, low people. You say, are you calling me base and despise? I'm going to tell you, the world despises us. And we look at ourselves sometimes and, and we say, we don't have anything to offer God. You've got you. And if you'll just do what the Lord wants, He'll, he'll, he'll bless it this morning. Number two, the places God uses us. Uh, sometimes people think we have to have a big place to serve God or uh, we have to have the best stuff to serve God. Now listen to me, you're going to miss something here. Let me say this, if you can do better, if you can give more, if you can serve more and serve longer, uh, that's fine, that's great. You don't have to be poor to serve the Lord. And I don't want you to think that as I'm preaching. A lot of people's got that in their mind. If they've got money, they can't serve God. They've got to be poor to serve God. I a lot of preachers out there tell you that stuff. Or if you ain't rich, you can't serve God. Can I tell you, in serving God, it does not matter how much money's in your pocket, in your bank account, or that you've got hid away at your house somewhere. That don't matter today. If you can do better, then do it. Uh, if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing... And that's what you need to do. But I want you to look. I, I noticed I, I made mention of this a few minutes ago in Luke chapter 2. I, I, where was Jesus born? Well, he was born in a stable. And she laid him in a manger. A lot of people think they can't serve God because of their family situation. Ain't that what Gideon said? Oh, take your Bible and go to the book of Judges chapter 6. Look with me in Judges chapter 6. The family situation. Uh, and now, for a lot of people, it uh, keeps people from wanting to serve God sometimes. Uh, Judges chapter 6. I can't serve God. Uh, my daddy wasn't a preacher. Uh, I wasn't born in... Ain't that what Amos said? Uh, he said, I'm not a prophet, nor was I son of a prophet. So I wasn't, Listen, my daddy wasn't a prophet. I can't do that. Look right here. God has went and told Gideon what's going to happen. Verse 14, Judges 6, verse 14. Am I making sense this morning? All right, just making sure. Judges 6 and verse 14. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, now shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? He said, Gideon, I've sent you, go. And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. You catch that? He said, My family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. He's making excuses of the situation of the family that he's in. God couldn't use them. Too poor to be used. I'm the least. You know, that's who God enjoys to use, is the poorest and the least. I'm not saying God can't use rich people. I'm not saying that God can't use somebody that's high up. I ain't, I ain't saying that at all. I'm telling you that if you look in 1 Corinthians 1, that he lo- you, want, you want me to put it plain? He likes to use people like me and you. That's who he likes to use. I've been in just about every one of your all's houses. I've been around you all long enough. And here's the deal, church. You want me to just put it to you? You all and I am just plain folk. That's all we are. 
I like plain people. I like plain folk. I like to be around. I like to be around real people. I was, I was, uh, I was, I was around a preacher the other day, uh, and uh, we, we was talking about, as a matter of fact, he'd, uh, he'd got to go witness to a boy over in the hospital, and he got saved over in the hospital. Oh, boy, did. He said, that's the easiest I'd ever seen anybody get saved. He, just, he's like a, he said he's like that Ethiopian uni. He just needed somebody to tell him what to do, and that's what he'd done. But we got to talking, we got to talking about that. And he said, the problem we've got in our independent fundamental Baptist churches is we just won't let folk be real. We just won't let them be real. We won't let them be who they are. I struggle through their problems. We come in and tell them that they ought to live on top of the world all the time. I I never have a problem. He said, we just won't let people be real. I thought there's a lot of truth to that right there. We just won't let people be people, will we? You know, all the Lord wants you to do is just... Be who you are. Be real and go on and serve Him. Just be who you are. I don't know how we got there, but ain't that good this morning. Uh, just be who you are. Listen, but the places that God uses, I, I, I mean, I, a lot of the, or some of the Apostle Paul's uh, uh, letters that he wrote was from prison. You wouldn't think that, that something godly could come out of prison. Where was the church at? Where was the church at when, when Peter got out of prison? Well, they sure wasn't in no great big church house. But I mean, they wasn't in some big great cathedral. They, they were, where were they? They were down there in, in, in John Mark's mama's house, Mary. They, they were down there at her house and they were just praying. And they were getting something done. Let me put it to you like this. If God, uh, uh, there's nothing wrong with a big church. As I said, as long as God's there uh, and He's moving and they're working, there's not a thing wrong with that. But if God allows a little church to become a big church, then they just need to keep on doing what they were doing. Some people don't think they can serve God in the position that they're in. Do you know where the Lord found D.L. Moody at? Do you know know what he, he worked in a shoe shop? That's what he done. He worked in a shoe shop. One of the greatest preachers that ever walked on this side of the continent, listen, of this earth, he worked in a shoe shop. That's where God found him at. Where's God found you at? Not all pastors can be full time and have a great pastor and have a large salary and a large church and have a parsonage to live in. And there's a lot of them boys out there, they don't think they can serve God unless it's that way. They've set their self up. I'll just tell you that right now. Church, let me ask us a question. Reckon what God can do with us right here if we would just realize, just realize that God likes to use little and base things. What could God do with us right here at Unity Baptist? Then number three, and I'm going I'm to close. The things, the things that God uses. We, we talked about the people that God uses, the places that God uses, but then just simply the things. You know, when he fed the 5,000, he, he fed them with five loaves and two fishes. You look a little bit on and you'll find that there was a time that, that he fed 4,000 uh, with seven loaves and a few fishes the Bible t- talks about. He used a little widow woman over there, but she made a little cake. That's what the Bible said. Made a little cake for Elijah in 1 Kings 17. But that woman took that alabaster box in the book of Mark. Is it Mark? Is it, is it Mark, 14, Mark 14? And and she broke that alabaster box that was full of that ointment. I understand it was costly. I, I understand what she had was very costly. But she took that and she broke it. And here's what the Lord said. 
Bible tells us it was very precious. And the Lord said, let her alone. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you, there, there wasn't much to her. It was more about what she was given than her. You, you understand what I'm saying? Th- this is the important thing right here. There ain't much to us, but it's what we're given. I appreciate that, Lord. They begin to criticize her and talk about her giving what, what she gave. I believe that it was worth somewhere around the 300 pence. That was almost a year's worth, or it was a year's worth of work. And he said, let her alone. And then he went on to say, for she hath wrought a good work on me. And then he made this statement at the end of all of it. He said, for she hath done what she could. And I begin to think about that. Are we doing what we could? Well, the Lord said that. She didn't do much. You know, the Lord said... You know, the Lord said about that widow woman over there that had them two mites that cast into the treasury, said she's given more than all of them because they done it out of their abundance, but she done it out of her want. If you can give big, then give big. If you can do great things, do great things. But don't hold yourself back from serving the Lord because you say it's just a little thing. It's just a minuscule thing. We miss so much by telling God we can't do it. We miss so much by thinking that it's so little that God couldn't do something with it. Miss so much. He said, let her alone for she hath done what she could. Have you done what you can for the Lord? That's a big question, ain't it? Let's bow our heads this morning.